Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At homethreads.com, Discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. Pay attention to where it is that it shouldn't be. Eliminate that. Eat generally healthy, eat mostly vegetables, and then have your dessert and try not to like have it be huge and then stop freaking talking about it so much. Hey, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. And this is Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding families because man, kids need to eat a lot. And so frequently too. Stacy, how are you doing today? I'm I'm good. It's been an intense week. Yes. (laughs) And actually, we had the day off today. It's Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes. AKA Columbus Day, but we call it Indigenous Peoples Day. And I went to see the movie The Hate You Give. Oh. With my older son, Isaac. So I don't know. Are you familiar with this movie? Uh, No. I'm like not good about keeping up with new movies. Although I feel like I've read about this movie. Okay. Do you so want to tell us? He's a little bit young. No spoilers. I will say okay. this. So this is a warning. If you have a kid who is, he's 11 and a half. Um, if you have a tween um, like Isaac, definitely read up before you consider taking him or her or they. He's read the book three times. Um, I did a ton of research before I let him read the book. He's a voracious reader. 
we talk a ton about race. He knows a lot about cases of racial motivated police violence. We live in Brooklyn. We live in New York City. Um, He's exposed to a lot of that kind of conversation just by virtue of living in New York City, by virtue of some decisions we've made, who he is. Also, the fact that in our school, you move to middle school in fifth grade. So also last year, he was part of the school walkout against gun violence. So anyway, whole host of reasons why um, after a ton of research and discussion, my husband and I decided to let him read the book. He loved it. He's a voracious reader. He loves to read books over and over. He read it a second time. And then when he heard that the movie was coming out, he read it a third time in anticipation of seeing the movie. And then um, our middle school decided to do a viewing. They recommended it for seventh grade and up. But some of us who had kids who had read it, who are a little younger, decided to go with our kids. And it's really, really intense. <laughs> and I was like, I was way like, to start out this very intense I know. conversation. Well, listen, it relates to our episode because we saw it at the Alamo Draft House, which is a chain where they bring food. You can eat food while you watch. And I was like, I'll have a Moscow mule. And I will also have French fries. And I will also have chocolate. <laughs> I will have like, all the things to see. I will have me. all the things. And today we're talking about sweets. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like shoving chocolate. Like, <sighs> so sweets sometimes make you feel better. Yes. <laughs> it's not the healthy thing to do. And this is not something I want to pass on to my kids. But how's that for an intro to a podcast? <laughs> We're going to talk about sugar and sweets because we want you all to self-soothe with (laughs) this crazy political climate with treats. Well, we want to do better. We want to do better. We don't want them to self-soothe with sweets. Yes. But I do. And I'm just being honest. And I know this isn't like directly related to the hate you give, but I think we will put in the show notes just some resources in case you have not registered to vote and you need to know when the deadline is for your state. So that you can do like be involved in it, whether you feel the same way politically as Stacey and I do or not, you should be an active participant That's in what's going right. on right now. It doesn't matter. And when we encourage you to vote, we are not advocating for a particular side, but it's true. You should participate. You should participate. And actually also, we'll put a link to the hate you give and another great resource, whether you're looking up the hate you give or any kind of media for your kids is, um, oh my gosh, it just slipped my mind. Common, common I don't know, my, I'm not in sense that age media. Common sense media. And we will link to that in the show notes as well, always. Yes. We'll include that. It's a great place to look up media and get parent reviews, expert reviews, and also kid reviews with age recommendations and really specific, they break it down. Like, is there violence? Is there sexual content? Is there anything? So you can really get a sense of whether or not you want your kid exposed to it. They have video games, movies, music, and books. I love it. Great. Okay. Before we dive into Soothing with Sugar, I'm just kidding. The episode (laughs) really, really is just about sugar and like, is it as terrible a thing as we 
they are sold that it is. You called it the sugar beast at some point in one of our conversations, and I loved that. Yeah, right? Because we do, we like, it's become a, mo- sugar is like the monster Yes, um, that we're all trying to avoid. But like, is it really that bad? Uh, I'm not sure that it is. But before, like, no spoilers, before we dive into that, um, let's talk about what we're digging. Let's. Why don't you go first? What are you digging this week, Megan? <laughs> okay. Anyone who's <laughs> new to the podcast, this is our segment where we just share something that is making our life more delicious or easier. It can be a product, a trick, a technique. This week, this is like so utilitarian. I am really falling in love with kitchen scissors again. Shears. I know this sound like I like everyone should have shears in their kitchen, like hanging up with their knives or in their knife box, whatever, however you store your knives, no judgment, because they're really great for if you have little kids like I do and you have noodles, you can like quickly run the shears through the noodles in the bowl before you serve it to them, makes it easier to serve them. But also I've been trying to eat more salads during my lunch, work lunch. And one of the things that I dislike about like baby spinach or romaine mixes is that the leaves are kind of unwieldy and going like taking your greens right before you're going to eat them and just chopping them up in your serving bowl with scissors makes them easier to eat. Of course, there's like all the other things you can do with shears, like deboning chickens. Stacey is writing a book about chicken right now, so I'm sure she has a love for kitchen shears. What else can you use shears for? I mean, besides just like oh, opening snacks. I use it snacks, for everything. They're really like, I forget how awesome they are. And when the kids were little, I used to use them. I used to use them all the time for cutting their pasta, like hot dogs, like cutting up grilled cheeses, cutting up pizza for them. Yeah. I'll link to, I think the pair I have is an OXO pair. So I'll link to those in the show notes. But it, it's nice if you have some kitchen shears that can... um come apart into two pieces and you can stick them in the dishwasher too for when they get gross when you're like chopping up food with them, whatever. But Stacey, what are you digging this week? So this week, speaking of sugar and comforting yourself, um, a couple of it's episodes really a ago, theme for you. I, it is. I, it, I'm not kidding. This was a very emotional, stressful week for me. Yes. So uh, a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned white moustache, um, Greek yogurt. <laughs> And I've really like I'm I'm still there, still eating it, <laughs> uh, like every other day. And I have been topping it with something from my childhood that I have rediscovered: these preserved sour cherries, Greek sour cherries. So there is a place by where I work out two times a week called Greekologies, delicious Greek yogurt place. But they also do these Greek preserves. They do. Um, Greek like shredded carrot preserves, and then the traditional Greek sour cherries. They have a whole bunch of stuff. The sour cherry is my favorite. You can also find them on Amazon. We'll put them in the show note links. You can get it on their site, um, like Amazon, like I said. There are also other brands. There are these like Greek brands that you can have shipped to you. Or if you have a local international store, Middle Eastern store, Greek store, you can often find them there. They're just sour cherries in this sour cherry syrup that is so out of this world delicious. And you just need a tiny little bit. It is very sugary. It is very sweet. But I swear one spoonful is enough for a whole bowl of plain Greek yogurt. And I haven't actually done the nutritional comparison, but my guess would be that it'll have way less sugar than a pre-flavored yogurt. Um, And lately I've been adding 
uh, just like, you know, four or five candied pecans that I've been buying mm. at Trader Joe's. And then actually the kids accidentally picked up sweet and uh, spicy candied pecans at Trader Joe's. And I was like, oh, I can't believe they picked up the wrong pecans. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to use them. And they were delicious too. It was like just had a tiny bit of heat in there. So this is like my new favorite treat. It's really excellent post-workout because you get a nice protein hit. And then that sugar after the workout, it's great. Also a good dessert. Also, a, you know, yummy breakfast. Good so for making cocktails with. Yeah, I love it. Loving it. <laughs> Loving it. I love it too. It makes me want to order some or find somewhere locally that I can get some because we've been doing a lot of steel cut oats for breakfast. And oh, I feel yeah. like those are, that's like that rich creaminess paired with the like sour sweet oh. of the sour cherries would be amazing. You know, in Greece, they just put a spoonful in ice cold water, yeah. like a highball Ooh. glass, water, ice, and then you put a spoonful of the sour cherry preserves. That's got to be so refreshing. Oh, it's great in the summer. Anyway, delicious stuff. So now we have to talk about sugar. The, the sugar, sugar monster. Beast. The sugar monster. Why are we talking about sugar, Stacey? We're talking about sugar because one, it's in everything. Yeah. Two, every single article on the web and in parenting magazines and wellness magazines is telling us that sugar is the is truly a monster, is the yeah. devil, is a beast. Yep. And that we're all getting too much of it. Our kids are getting too much of it. And we're just all kind of freaking the F out about sugar. And maybe yeah. we do, or maybe we don't need to do that. So Stacey, I'm going to ask you a very personal question. And of course, didn't I just feed you as a no judgment zone? How do you handle sugar and sweet treats in your house? So, you know, this whole sugar thing is really intense. Very. Um, so a little background. My mom was pretty intense about sugar, to be honest. And I was raised where it was like, you know, there was no sugar cereals. There was no sugar in our peanut butter. There was no, I mean, no soda. Wait, didn't you tell us in a school lunch episode that like oh, you used yeah. to try and trade your carob bars or whatever <laughs> for stuff at school, in the cafeteria at school lunches? Yeah. Your mom was a little intense yeah. about sugar. Yeah. For like hot chocolate packets. Yes. Like just so that I could like <laughs> lick my finger like one of those dipsticks and yes. like stick it in there just to like lick it off. You know, and like she was going on the information that she had then and we know all about how nutritional information changes, right? Yeah. Because then juice was okay. I used to chug orange juice like it was nothing, right? Because then juice was okay. Now the, you know, pediatric association is like, no, juice is terrible. <laughs> like, give your kids water only. Right? Like, right? We, and now there's a whole host of products, like kids water in boxes because we've yep. demonized juice as a source of sugar. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, this stuff changes all the time. It was like skim milk. Now it's like, oh my God, no, skim milk is just sugar water without any of the fat, the good fat, without any of the vitamins, minerals, all this stuff is taken out, you know? And like, I know this has nothing to do with sugar, but like coconut oil, it's a wonder food. Wait, are you kidding? No, like you're going to die early. <laughs> you eat coconut oil, too much coconut oil. 
stop, people. <laughs> I mean, it's constantly changing. So, you know, sugar has definitely been like on the hot seat for a long time. So I don't know. I I dug into it. I don't know, maybe Isaac's 11, maybe when he was like four or five, like around when he was a toddler and I spoke to um, a nutritionist. I think I remember why now, actually. It was because I was using a lot of agave. Mm-hmm. I'd heard that agave was really great. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, 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 agave is really bad for you because it has... It's highly processed and they think concentrated levels of arsenic. Like that's what people who say it's oh, bad Jesus. say. Oh, Jesus. I didn't even know about the arsenic. <laughs> I thought it was, it was like the fructose versus sucrose, right? There's two different kinds. There's fructose and sucrose and you process them differently. And yes. One and is so good, one is considered one is... bad and one is considered okay. Right. But it's all sugary, And I think guys. it's... Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So all of a sudden it was like, no, 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 no. And it was also the highly processed piece of it, which all food is processed. Okay. Anyway. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm using agave in everything. I had like substituted agave for everything, except I was also using honey a lot, which by the way, I still do. Honey is still my go-to for whatever reason, I think because I'm Greek. Anyway. So I went to a nutritionist or I spoke to a nutritionist who was a friend who was like, listen, sugar is sugar is sugar is sugar. What you should do is use whatever sugar works for your purpose that you can use the least of to get the taste you want. I love that advice. It's super sane, by the way. That's what stuck with me. So I was like, that's the only way that I can stay sane. So that's the perfect word. So in my cooking, you asked, how do I deal with sugar at home? In my cooking, that's always been kind of my rule of thumb in the back of my head. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie and tell you that I'm not a little bit crazy about food. Listen, on some level, I'd be a liar if I didn't say that I don't believe people pursue a career path or pursue passions that on some level play out. <laughs> Not necessarily their issues, but you know what I mean? Like we're obsessed with things for a reason. Yes. So I'm obsessed with food. So like, of course I get pulled into like food trends and I become really interested and I like, I'm like, oh, what's this all about? Like that, this is what I'm interested in. I'm interested in food. So, you know, I get pulled in all these different, like I get pulled in by diets. I get pulled in by new ingredients. I get I get pulled in all these different directions. But in the end, when I see that I might be becoming crazy or like getting wacky, like that's what kind of pulls me back to center. I'm like, all right, listen. Ah, what just, is sane? Yeah, just to what use is sane here? The, the right sugar that you can use the least amount of in any given recipe. Right. But you're saying that's like when you're cooking. So what about all the yeah. other times where there's like either sugar involved in something, whether it's like a packaged tree or it's an actual like we're going to a birthday party and there's cake or we're going out to eat and there's right. dessert. So then there's how I feed my kids. So I'm yes. gonna I'm gonna kind of run through the top line because I want to hear how you deal with it too because I know you have a sweet tooth and I know you have a pastry background. Yes. So how I deal with it with my kids, it's kind of evolving because my kids are getting older. I used to be much more strict. I used to not really have 
I used to use the word processed foods, but I'm really getting interested now that my kids are older and getting into like social media and like thinking about diets and trying to be more aware of not modeling that and thinking about diet culture and trying to reject diet culture as much as possible for my own mental health and theirs. I'm realizing, you know, everything's processed foods. Like I'm trying to be less judgmental about food in general. But before it was like, nope, all natural. If I can't read, if I can't say it, I can't read it. If I don't know what the word is on the package, I leave it alone. I still kind of generally subscribe to that. I'm trying to, again, be a little bit more open. I read something many, many years ago on a site called Steamy Kitchen. Again, something that's always stuck in the back of my head by someone named Jaden Hare that maybe many of you are know. Steamy Kitchen is a great, very popular site. Um, she has kids who are older than mine. She wrote a piece about why I let my kids eat junk food. And it basically was that she spends money on foods that fit her food values. And as her kids got older to the age where my kids are now, mine are 11 and nine, she let them, if they wanted to buy a Snickers bar or whatever, those are my words, not hers, Doritos, whatever, you know, something that didn't fit her food values. She would let them. They just had to use her own money, their own money rather. And then it was like, okay, like you want ramen? Well, I don't buy ramen with my money. Go ahead. Buy ramen. You can buy it and you can cook it yourself. And I think that's pretty genius. Like they're getting older. I've planted the seeds. I've watered the seeds. I've shared my food values. Now I'm getting to the stage. They're not quite there yet, but I'm starting to kind of slowly, I'm going to start letting go. Isaac's spending more and more time away from home. I'm giving him money. Go out with your friends after school. Yeah. Start making your own decisions. I buy the groceries, but when you're out, you're going to go. The other day he went after school. He was like, can I go after school and do this and that? Sure. He bought himself a Snickers bar. Okay. Well, it's your money. One, How do one you feel the, afterwards? Yeah, that's the thing. Do you feel like crap? Do you have to go play sports? Okay. Like you have to deal with the consequences, not me. That's sort of And the then I have conversation. I try to method. raise this awareness to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you get to be around to be like, hey, let's let's like check in with how you feel after that. And you're supporting them in providing other nutritious food around them making junk food choices. Yes. Yes. I think that's But your brilliant. kids are younger. My kids are younger. They are. So how do you deal with it? Almost four and six. I feel like it's this very convoluted thing where I feel like as a food writer, I should have a strong like opinion or like, oh, these are my hard and fast rules. But I feel like my philosophy on sugar and, and giving it to my kids waxes and wanes from day to day, from week to week, from month to month. It just kind of like depends on the season that we're in. And I will say there's been times where I've been like, whoa, we have really got let this sugar, particularly treats, like the expectation of dessert after dinner or like a sweet treat after school has gotten kind of like out of control and become a larger food issue in our family where I'll be like, okay, we have to pump the brakes. And so we're going to like delegate treats to just the weekends or we're only going to have dessert in the afternoon and not after dinner, which I feel like I read this on Cool Mom Eats when you were writing there, Stacey, this story about like why you you do dessert before dinner, like in the afternoon after school, which (laughs) is which is brilliant. And it works really well, actually, for the kid, the age that my kids are, which are I think I said already they're four and six. 
But the other thing is like, because I'm a food writer and I'm always testing new recipes and a lot of them are baking because I have a baking and pastry background. I get assigned a lot of baking projects. Um, and because I like to try new foods, foods that are trending so I can have an opinion about them, there's pretty much always some kind of sweet treat in our house. And there's also a decent amount of processed food. Like um, when we were in Atlanta this summer, Stacy's boys introduced my kids to Z-bars, which like Z-bar is a pretty decent sugar, like not, it's a snack bar, but it doesn't have a ton of sugar in it, but it does have some sugar, but it feels like a treat to my kids. And so they love those. So like th- those are in our pantry. There's definitely like some crispy cocoa rice cereal in our pantry. Right now there's the Trader Joe's, JoJo's that are Halloween themed. Like there's always sweets in our house. And instead of being like, I don't, again, it's sort of what you're saying about not talking about processed food as much for your older kids. It's like, my kids are really young and I don't want them to think that any food is good or bad. Food is food. Like let's take labels off of it. And let's talk about how certain foods maybe make you feel if you eat too many of too much of them. I mean, you can get an upset belly from eating too much broccoli. Um, (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, in defense of (laughs) JoJo's. uh, (laughs) So I just try to be really careful about, like, saying, oh, we can't have that because that's a sometimes food or that's not, like, a good choice right now. And so I think I am pretty lenient when it comes to sugar in our house. What I do pay a lot of attention to and probably like in an obnoxious to my husband and probably my children in a way is like added sugar and things. So yes, we do keep like applesauce pouches on hand because the kids can help themselves to those for snacks and they feel like a decent choice. But you have to be really careful because those pouches can be full of added sugar or like sweetened with fruit juice that is just added sugar. So that like that and like even snack crackers, you have to be really mindful of the added sugar. Cereal, of course, is one that we've kind of talked about before where it can have a, a lot of added sugar if you're not careful. And I do try to be conscientious of the times of days that my kiddos are getting sugar. Like I don't typically serve cereal for breakfast. Occasionally I do. You'll you'll see that on my Instagram and my kids think it's like a big treat. But usually like cereal is a snack. It's an after school snack with some milk because it can be a source of added sugar. And also like, so I'm trying to like make sure my kids have protein in the morning and like good fat to keep them full. But I do like to, I love that strategy of sugar in the afternoon before dinner which seems counterintuitive, but it gives them some time to burn that all off because we were doing dessert before or like before bedtime, which is really like after dinner when you have young kids, right? They all get kind of smushed together. It's like dinner, dessert, bath time, bed. And there wasn't enough time for them to like burn off the, the energy that came from having dessert. And so we just moved dessert to the afternoon. Um, and I, I think I grew up in a house that we were, um, often food poor, like there wasn't a lot of stuff in our pantries always because my mom was a single mom. And at one point in time, we did like use food stamps to buy food. And so my mom was always like, we didn't have sweet treats in the house. So I didn't grow up with a model of like how to incorporate sweets um, in our diets. And so I think a lot of times I feel like I'm fumbling through it and looking for other experts to tell me whether sugar is good or bad. And so I, I do get, like you were saying, following tr- trends. I do get very hyped up 
when there's new research about sugar. Um, I feel like the World Health Organization, was it World Health? Now I might be talking about the wrong article. There's recently this article that was like, basically our kids are getting a Snickers bar worth of sugar, of added sugar in other places in their diet. Like no parent is feeding their kids a Snickers bar, but I immediately, that's like the, those are the times where I'm reactionary and I'm like, oh, we have to stop having added sugar in our diet. And I'm like going through the pantry and I'm like, we're going to, but like, that's also not realistic and sustainable or sane. I know. I know. It's so... (laughs) Hard. I know. It's so hard. I mean, I really do go back and forth on this too. I mean, it's funny because sometimes I feel so proud of how I raised the boys, but I do have to say that lately I've been feeling a little bit, I won't call it guilt because it just is what it is. I feel like I inadvertently demonized some foods. You know what I mean? Like I do hear that the way they talk about foods is a little bit extreme. And I don't mind when they, and this is just me. I'm going to say something that I know is going to be perceived as judgy. I'm just going to say it because this is my opinion. And I know it's going to be hard for people to believe that I can simultaneously have this opinion without judging other people. For feeling differently. But when my kids say like something about McDonald's or never wanting McDonald's and they've never had it before, I don't mind. Like that doesn't bother me. I'm like, yeah, you oh, almost right, feel then. like proud of it. Yeah. I, I just feel like, okay, I did a good job. Like I don't feel guilty about that. Yeah. I just don't. And this is all arbitrary people because my kids eat Oreos. Isaac can sit and eat a whole box of Oreos. So like, you know, these are all very weird personal lines. <laughs> they are. Uh, you know, like, whatever. I but don't I know. think, I hope that like for our listeners, it's helpful for them to hear that like, we're, pro- we're food professionals and we do not have this figured out. And, you know, you don't totally. have to live, live your life like trying to chase this like beacon of a wellness mom blogger who's like, oh, we never have processed sugar. But they do, like, they do. Any sugar is processed sugar, even if it's honey totally. or maple syrup. All of those things are processed in some way. And again, everything is processed. Sugar it's is all sugar processed. Is sugar. It's all chemicals. <laughs> like, it's food is chemicals. It's all science, you know? I, you know, but then when I hear them, when I hear Isaac, who's like really into sports and being an athlete, talking about food and like wanting to be uber healthy, but then on the next, like the next day, like wanting a Snickers bar or like, you know, being out with his friends and like, or making a choice at the cafeteria. And, you know, he hasn't had a salad for lunch or a vegetable at lunch (laughs) in ages. And he just is like, oh, I had, I don't know, there was like pork. So I had pork loin and a cinnamon raisin bagel which is like basically what he's eaten for the last however many days. Like that's a totally typical 11-year-old kid kind of weird choice. Yes. <laughs> you know? But then I'm like, I he may not be aware of it, but I'm like, oh, like that's such a, I hope that's not a tension that lives inside of him because of me. Yeah. That like he's spouting out when he talks about food. I can hear my, I can hear words that I've said, <laughs> you know, being spouted out. But then I see that he's just making these 11-year-old kid choices that don't mirror what he's saying. And that makes me a little 
sad <laughs> because I'm like, oh, I hope he's not just saying things to please me or, you know, yeah, to I make do. me feel like he has to make me happy or he has to be talking about food a certain way for me. You know, I just want him to be a kid. And then for me to be like, dude, you can't just eat pork loin and raisin <laughs> bagel every day. <laughs> the way every other normal mom and kid <laughs> should have a reaction. Right. Well, that makes me wonder, do you have any like practical advice for our listeners? And I might have a couple of little pieces about how Maybe right now in the season you're in with your boys, you're managing sugar and like making yourself feel okay without it, about it without like demonizing it for the boys. Yeah. I wish I just had not talked so much about it. Like I thought I was teaching them a lesson. Yeah. And I just feel like don't talk about it. And I, I really think that the really big thing for me, again, I think both you and I have a, a similar bottom line, which is sanity and just like being real practical about it. And I think that when you really look at the overload, I think that's the bottom line. I think, you know, when you look at other cultures and the way people eat in other cultures, like when I travel, you know, my family and I love to travel and we do quite a bit of it. When I look at how my grandmother cooked and she really stayed true, even when she came to America, like she cooked in her home the way they cook back in Greece. When I've gone back to Greece, the way they cook there, there's dessert. There are there are sweets around, right? Mostly home cooked, at least in Greek cooking, a lot of honey, but cane sugar too, right? Yes. Not a ton of high fructose corn syrup. Not a ton of store-bought stuff, but of course there is store-bought stuff too. Smaller portions of sweets than we eat here. Mm-hmm. Not every single night. Overall diet, much more fruits and vegetables in general, right? Like it all just comes back to like a much more like practical, sane, moderate way of eating in general. So then when I think about, okay, if I have a whole, I have a completely different lifestyle than my grandmother, than the people back in Greece. So how do I translate that to how I live here? Well, let's not freaking talk about food so much. I need some more convenience products than my grandmother relied on. So let me just be aware of the added sugar in the places where it doesn't belong. So in my bread, in my yogurt, in my applesauce, in my breakfast foods, like you were talking about, let me opt for plain Greek yogurt that's higher in protein. Let me opt for plain oats instead of sugary cereals. Let me opt for eggs in the morning, you know? Let me opt for sliced breads that don't have sugar. Um, deli meats. Uh, I swear some deli meats have sugar added. Wasn't Melissa D. Arabian talking about this in our episode about picky eating? She was saying yes. her daughters are kind of close in age to your boys. And she was like, yeah. her daughter's becoming very aware. And she's like, I don't want sugar in my sausage. If I'm going to have sugar, I want to have a, a scoop of ice cream. <laughs> exactly. There yes. you go. Yeah. I love that. Right? So don't talk about it. Pay attention to where it is that it shouldn't be. Eliminate that. Eat generally healthy. Eat mostly vegetables. And then have your dessert and try not to like have it be huge. And then stop freaking talking about it so much. Like I wish that's that was what I had done. I did that, I did that mostly, but then I talked about it too much. Clearly, I like talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have a podcast. 
Okay. I just want to add one little thing and then we're going to get into our try this at home and we are going to have two experts come and talk to us more about sugar in the next two episodes. So the last thing I want to add is that it is really important for you to also enjoy the sweet treat when it's happening. Like that seems really obvious, but I read this book this year um, called Diet Cults. And now I can't remember the author of it. But one of the things that he wrote about is that there's this theory, there's some research that backs it up. There's not a ton of it that your metabolism is, is related to your senses in a way that, you know, if you eat celery and you like enjoy the out of eating celery, that it has the same metallic, like it does the same thing to your metabolism that having a scoop, a reasonable size scoop of ice cream might have that like, Your food joy actually relates to how you process food. And because we live in a time where there's so much judgment on what we eat and how we eat, I think the best thing that we can model for our kids and teach our kids to do is like when you're having that scoop of ice cream, like do it with joy and enjoy every lick of ice cream or every bite of your chocolate bar so that it really doesn't become like, oh, we're having, it doesn't always become, Stacey, like we're having ice cream and chocolate and a Moscow mule because (laughs) (laughs) it's south for our souls. (laughs) Uh, You're not doing it wrong. I think we posted this on our Instagram today. Whatever you are feeding your kids, you're not doing it wrong. Whether it's sugar cereal, whether it's chocolate bars, you're probably doing better than you think you are. Okay, but first of all, that book is genius. Will you name the title again? We'll put it in our show notes, but I need to hear the title again. It's called Diet Colts. I'll link to it okay. in the show notes. Um, oh it's my gosh. Very heavy. Uh, well, uh, apparently I'm like, I'm, I'm becoming an expert in heavy <laughs> this week as any. <laughs> that is genius. I love that. And I can do that too. <laughs> I can enjoy the shit out of my ice cream. <laughs> I can do that. That's something I can okay. do. I love it. Here's the real real pressure now, Stacey. <laughs> Try this at home. <laughs> Try this at home. Before we wrap up every week, one of us shares a super quick practical takeaway that we want you to try at home. And we want you to report back in our listeners group and tell us how you did. Stacey, you have a try this at home for us this week, right? I do. <laughs> I think that we should all try to cut out sugar for a week. Uh, nope. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't tell like me. my Tell idea. us more. Tell us more. Tell us more. Okay. Tell okay. More. Okay. 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 All right. How about we reduce our sugar for a week? Can like, I was going to say 50%, but I have a feeling you're going to be like, uh, still hell no. 50%, 25%. Here's the deal. I just wonder what our threshold is. Like for just one week, can you cut it by 50% or what can you, what do you think, Megan, what do you think your family can cut their sugar by for just one week? Zero. Zero? Really? <laughs> really? Zero? No, I'm kidding. I'm only kidding. No, I don't I'm only think kidding you are, because you're like, well, here's, oh, the thing. Here's, kidding. here's the thing I want to say about it. Okay. One, do we you are not like, want it? I don't know. Okay. I'm formulating my opinion as I speak. We are like in the thick, I feel like, of like sweet season. Everyone's like has bake sales and school functions yeah. with their sugar around with Halloween candy. I mean, if you haven't bought 
a bag of Halloween candy yet, even though it's the beginning of October, you're doing it wrong. Oh, I I so (laughs) haven't. I don't even keep Halloween candy around. Oh my gosh. I really can't because I will just eat it. So yeah, I think my family could reduce our sugar consumption by 50%. I think that's realistic. But I think what I'm looking for is like, okay, well, how do I do that? And I would say we actually had a comment I can't remember if it was on our Instagram or my personal Instagram. One of our listeners suggested like moving dessert to like one night a week or moving dessert to the weekend so that like all throughout the week, you're not having as much sugar so you can really enjoy it when you're enjoying it. Could that be our well, compromise? Yeah. Okay. So I think that maybe, maybe it's a reflection and I want to hear from people on Facebook on this. Okay. So I want you guys to visit us. Facebook.com, where didn't I just feed you? And actually, if you're listening, you can also join our didn't I just feed you listeners group. You will be asked a question, but if you're a listener who's listening now, you'll be asked what our favorite cocktail is. And the answer is whiskey. Now you know the answer and you'll be let in. So it's easy as that. And you know, maybe it's a reflection. Maybe you'll do it. Maybe you won't. I kind of want to hear from you guys. And and here's the truth for me. I don't know that I actually think that reducing our sugar is absolutely necessary, to be completely honest with you. I do have a suspicion that for one person in my family, it would actually be really, really good for his behavior, for my younger son. I have to say that I do think that there is a little bit of a link between his behavior and sugar, although as he gets older and he's about to have his ninth birthday, oh, shoot, I can't do it this week. His birthday's on Sunday. (laughs) Darn it. I can do it next week. Okay. But like you're saying- I can do it up to Sunday. What if we do it a two, what if we do it like as a two parter? This week we just want you to pay attention to what sugar is in your family's diet. No holds bar. Like, no, we're not asking you to, to change anything yet. And then next week, we have, when we have expert Jill Castle on, and she gives us some practical advice, we'll put the teeth to you and you'll have to figure out a way to reduce it by 50%. I love that. But I just think that reflecting on it is what's important because even though I know that we don't need to reduce our sugar overall in the end, I do think that there's something to be learned by just saying, I'm going to take a week. And I'm just going to cut out sugar. I'm going to reduce it by half. Like just something quick, easy, do it, like see what happens. And you'll start to see where there's sneaky sugar. Yes. Okay. What a fun way to end this episode. Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) Listening to us have our first ever disagreement. (laughs) (laughs) And me also realize that my son's turning nine in a few days. (laughs) You might have some planning to do. Join us next week. When Stacey's son will be officially nine, and we'll have guest Jill Castle, who's a childhood nutrition expert and author of several books on the subject, including one of our favorites, Fearless Feeding. So excited to speak with her. And now that you listen to us, we want to listen to you. Give us a shout to say hi, ask questions, or say what you want us to cover. You can email hello at didn't I just feed you.com or find us at didn't I just feed you on Instagram or Facebook. And while on Facebook, don't forget to look up that private Facebook group that I just mentioned. It's the Didn't I Just Feed You listeners group. You'll be asked that super secret question. And the answer is whiskey. 
Most importantly, if you enjoyed listening to us, tell your friends about Didn't I Just Feed You. Leave us a review on iTunes. It makes a really big difference for new podcasts like ours. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. A big thank you to you, our listeners. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Endo. And thank you also to our editor, Jeremy, and his team at Counterweight Creative. This is Stacy, And this is Megan. Stay sane and well-fed. Until next week.